they picked up a new slogan. No one is above the law. If no one is above the law, then I don't understand how Alvin Bragg could dismiss murder and gang assault indictments against two of the people involved in the murder of my son. They're always looking for easy ways to dismiss or marginalize us black conservatives. We're Uncle Tom's or we're sellouts or we're Oreos or, or we're C-O-O-N's. We're whitewashed, whatever. But you can't really do that with Miss Madeline Brame here. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. She, of course, is talking about Alvin Bragg, the DA who brought up this ridiculous set of indictments against President Trump. Her family have been victims of the lie that no one is above the law in New York that's pushed by Alvin Bragg and his controllers. Because it seems to me that murderers are above the law in New York City. So all of this, no one is above the law, nonsense is just that. Mm. It's nonsense. Now, I remember the case of Ms. Madeline Brame's son. This happened back in 2018 when her son, Sergeant Hassan Correa, was stabbed in Harlem. Now, if you're new around here, I was born and raised in Harlem the first half of my childhood. I'm from Harlem. Played over on the Lincoln Projects, over there on the statue as a kid, where I learned that Abraham Lincoln was a Republican in New York. So this, when I heard about this, this was a story that resonated with me. This happened where I grew up the first half of my childhood. But see, there were three people. It was a kind of a gang-related thing. And Alvin Bragg, two of the people, two of the three people responsible for the death of Madeline Brame's son, well, they got off, essentially. One of them going to jail for up to 20 years for the murder of her son. By the way, you heard me say that correct, Sergeant Hassan Correa, a U.S. Army veteran, a married father of three. But the other two got plea deals and he didn't want to do the full extent of the law for the three murderers of her son. But they keep playing this game. No one's above the law. No one above the law is just code word for we want to get Trump. We see it every single day in the black and brown communities every day, all day. Everyone is above the law. They're not even making it to the DA's office. The cases are not even being prosecuted, period. We see crime rising out of control every single day. And Alvin Bragg is doing absolutely zero. Absolutely zero 
because they're too busy going after Trump. All right, folks, let's just go down the rabbit hole right now. Welcome to the show. Let's go down this rabbit hole right now of who is involved in all of this that we're seeing. Let's start with this. In the past few days, I've begun to atone for my private failings with my wife, Soda, my children, and my entire family. Even those who are not from or know about New York politics will probably recall that back in 2008, New York Governor Elliot Spitzer had to resign or resigned as governor when the New York Times reported that he was a client at a high at a very pricey prostitution house. Okay? That happened in March of 2008. Now, before that happened, there was another scandal going on called New York Troopergate. Not to be confused with the Clintons Troopergate scandal or the Alaskan Troopergate scandal that they try to get uh, Sarah Palin invo- involved in. We're talking about the New York Troopergate. And this was a controversy in 2007 that involved New York Governor Elliot Spitzer who had ordered the state police to create special records of Republican Senate Majority Leader Joseph L. Bruno's whereabouts when he traveled with police escorts in New York City. Now, an article in the New York Post in 2007 claimed that Spitzer's staff went into shutdown mode because it was discovered that Spitzer's office was being investigated by the by the attorney general at the time in New York, who, by the way, was Andrew Cuomo, who also had to resign as governor of New York because of sexual impropriety. Now, what does this have to do with Alvin Bragg, President Trump, and this sham indictment? Well, the person at the time who is Governor Spitzer's policy director and involved in Troopergate was a person that most people will not know, and that is one Mr. Pope. A one Peter Pope. And shortly after Trump was arraigned in New York City on Tuesday, on still, by the way, undefined criminal action, the Manhattan DA, their office, released a press release highlighting the charges against President Trump. At the end of the press release, it featured all the prosecutors and investigators behind the indictment against President Trump. One of the names listed was Peter Pope. Peter Pope, the same executive assistant DA, was mixed up in the trooper gate of Spitzer before. Let's go into the archives to see if this guy in any way, shape, or form should be involved in the indictment of a former president. Per the New York Post, 
Far from cooperating in the Troopergate probe, Governor Spritzer's aides moved to shut everything down after learning one of their own had unexpectedly confessed his role in the scandal to Attorney General Andrew Cuomo's investigators. Spitzer administration sources, including one in the governor's office, said orders were given to block further cooperation with Cuomo's probe after it was learned a few days into the investigation that Homeland Security expert William Howard had testified under oath about his central role in this scandal. Spitzer's chief counsel, David Nascenti, and First Deputy Secretary Sean Patrick Maloney handled the initial information shutdown, and Spitzer's policy director, Peter Pope later joined in the effort, two sources said. Maloney and Pope, lawyers serving in non-legal positions, were later designated as special counsels, preventing Cuomo's probers from questioning them because they could invoke lawyer-client privilege. Peter Pope, who was one of the investigators working with Alvin Bragg to bring down President Trump on trumped-up BS charges was involved in a scandal and a cover-up, not cooperating with then-Attorney General Andrew Cuomo. And not only did they lawyer up, they had their non-legal positions rebranded as special counsels so they could avo- avoid getting questioned on said scandal because of lawyer-client privilege. By the way, the same lawyer-client privilege that has gone out the door in every case involving President Trump. These are the conspirators behind this incredible indictment. But folks, that's not all. That's not all. That's just part of it. Let's go down another rabbit hole that we've touched upon in the last several days. But let's talk about why the judge in this whole case should have recused himself or it should be thrown out entirely or a new judge put in this case. And it's not just about the judge's daughter either. The former president has expressed the belief that the judge handling this historic case hates him. 60-year-old Judge Juan Mershon, a former prosecutor, was first appointed to be a judge in Bronx Family Court by Mayor Bloomberg and elevated the state Supreme Court 14 years ago. He got Trump's case because of a rotation process in which judges are assigned to oversee grand juries. I love how they keep peddling that lie that it's just a random rotation. If that's the case, how come Amy Berman Jackson and other anti-Trump-hating judges keep getting the juicy Trump, or I should say anti-Trump cases? I don't know. Like maybe Judge Merchan. Judge Merchan oversaw the tax fraud case against Trump's company and his longtime finance chief, Alan Weisselberg, who pled guilty in a plea deal that got him a five-month jail sentence in exchange for testifying against the company. Oh, yeah. So that random rotation hit both times, right? The same judge who oversaw the Trump organization lawsuit and railroaded uh, Weisselberg, it just happened to randomly come back to Mershon again. All random. Nothing to see here, folks. Move along. Move along. After the Trump indictment was announced last week, the former president made it clear he believed Judge Mershon hates him, claiming he was, quote, handpicked by D.A. Bragg and the prosecutors and the same persons who railroaded my 75-year-old CFO, Alan Weisselberg, to take a plea deal. President Trump thinks that 
Judge Marchand doesn't like him, even said he hates me. But of course, we're supposed to not believe President Trump and believe the lying press and their puppets that, oh, Marchand's a totally fair guy. Although Trump may say he thinks that this judge hates him, there's no evidence or no prior history in the record to show that Judge Marchand has any animus to Donald Trump. No animus toward President Trump? Hmm. Well, you know what they say. Let's see if he puts his money where his mouth is. Judge Juan Merchan, who is overseeing President Trump's case in Manhattan, violated New York's Code of Judicial Conduct by making three donations to Democrats in 2020, which could be grounds for an ethics investigation. Under Section 100.5 of the New York Code of Judicial Conduct, sitting judges cannot directly or indirectly engage in any political activity. Prohibited political activity includes soliciting funds for paying an assessment to or making a contribution to a political organization or candidate. The New York State Advisory Committee on Judicial Ethics Yearly Updated Handbook makes this clear, stating, a sitting judge may not make political contributions at any time, even to a U.S. presidential candidate or to a federal congressional candidate outside of New York State. Furthermore, the American Bar Association's Model Code of Judicial Conduct states that unless permitted by law, a judge shall not solicit funds for, pay an assessment to, or make a contribution to a political organization or a candidate for public office. So there's one that's the New York State Advisory, um, and then the other one is the American Bar Association's Moral Code of Judicial Conduct. However, Merchan, a New York State judge, made three political donations in 2020, according to FEC records. According to the Federal Election Commission records, Marchand donated to Biden for President, the, cam- the campaign of Trump's opponent, on July 26, 2020. On July 27, 2020, he donated to Progressive Turnout Project, an organization dedicated to turning out re- re- Democrat voters, and to stop Republicans a part of of the Progressive Turnout Project dedicated to resisting Republican Party and Donald Trump's radical right-wing legacy. This is all via Act Blue. Now, of course, we're supposed to not care about these because these were small contributions. But according to Stephen Gillers, a legal ethics expert and law professor at New York University, such donations are forbidden. This is what he told CNN. The contribution to Biden and possibly the one to stop Republicans would be forbidden unless there's some other explanation that would follow them. Violations can lead to a warning, private discipline, public discipline, and more serious sanctions like removal. Serious discipline, for example, removal, is decided by the New York Court of Appeals. Now, of course, they could view this as trivial because they were small amounts, but of course, it's going to be trivial because it's all about going against Trump. But once again, folks, this wasn't one violation. It wasn't two. It was three in violation of both the American Bar Association's Code of Conduct and also uh, New York Code of Judicial Conduct. And of course, as reported previously, uh, Merchan's adult daughter, Lauren Merchan, is a president and partner of Authentic Campaigns, a firm that runs digital campaigns for Democrats and worked on the Biden-Harris presidential campaign. 
If you go down the rabbit hole, folks, I'm sure there's more to be found. You're not seeing this on mainstream media, but I am your brother. I am your host, James, the based conservative patriot. And I'm bringing you this information so that you are aware of how stacked, uh, how they're stacking this thing against President Trump with absolute partisan, treasonous, traitorous, rat bastards out for blood. Obviously, a hot uh, a hat tip to Christina Wong over at Breitbart, and also a huge uh, hat tip to Anthony Scott for the whole Peter Pope rabbit hole. If you enjoy these special reports, let me know by putting your opinion down below. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, God bless, and please do me a small favor, like this video, share it across social media, like it, and hit the button that lets you get notifications because I have more reports for you throughout the weekend. Thanks for joining us on Open Source News. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and turn on the notifications bell so you don't miss out on any real news.